Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard that call-in number to call in to Calvary Live to be on the air, 303-690-3000. Welcome, everyone. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Calvary Live. So blessed to be with you once again on this beautiful Colorado day and all the Grace FM listeners, we have a beautiful day, don't we? The sky's blue and beautiful January day and so grateful to live in this part of the country. But uh, we want to welcome you. Uh, my name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley up in northern Colorado. But Grace FM reaches all along the Front Range and parts of Pueblo and in Fountain and Colorado Springs on 101.7. I want to welcome you guys down in southern Colorado I'm so blessed to be able to be connected with you. Uh, got a lot of friends down there, brothers that I know, and uh, and love to hear from you guys. Love to hear from you guys in southern Colorado and uh, you in the Fountain area. I grew up in that area, so let me know you're listening. Call up and uh, give your questions or your prayer requests at 303-690-3000. And so, again, welcome all those on 89.7 and and. Uh, Northern Colorado from Castle Rock on up along the Front Range, the metro area, of course, and then Boulder and Longmont and uh, up into Fort Collins, Greeley, all of Weld County out east uh, into southern Wyoming. We welcome you. We invite you to call in with your questions and your prayer requests. The call-in number again is 303-690-3000. And as I always try to encourage you, call now. Call now, and we only got an hour together. It goes by very quickly, and as soon as the call comes in, I'll go right to the callers, and we'll begin our show uh, with your questions and prayer requests. We are here to pray for you and to minister to you, to give you the truth of God's Word. Uh, so grab one of those open lines, and uh, we'll get uh, right to the callers as soon as they come in. And you know that there's another means for you to be able to ask uh, a question or for a prayer, and that is through a dedicated text line. It's for texting only, 720-336-0897. Again, that's 720-336-0897. want to welcome all those who are listening on Hope and Truth FM on the East Coast. You too can call it that call-in number or text in at that number that I just gave to you. I'll repeat those numbers throughout the broadcast uh, you are a week delayed as you're listening to those radio stations, uh, Truth and Hope FM, and so blessed again to be connected to you on the East Coast. Love to be able to hear from you, so give me a call at 303-690-3000. And then all the online listeners, we welcome you, and uh, we love to um, to have you call in. We got a call from Washington. Uh, I've gotten a call from Southern California this week. Uh, just people from all over. So give us a call at 303-690-3000. We want to bless you. We want to give you truth as we go to God's Word. We want to bring comfort to you. 
we are so blessed to have this show that we can go to the Word of God and and encourage you and to bring clarity and understanding uh, as you need that. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And uh, we got a couple open lines, so uh, we are going to go to the phone lines in just a second here. Um, but grab one of those open lines and let's talk about the things of the Lord. Love to bless you in that way. And let's see what the Lord has for us in this uh, hour as we're going to go to Aurora right now where Sarah's on line one. Hi, Sarah. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm calling to ask for a prayer. Um, my husband and I are trying to get pregnant and, um, I have uh, multiple sclerosis. So while we're trying to get pregnant, um, I have to be off my multiple sclerosis medication. Mm, So we're praying for a speedy pregnancy, uh, and that I won't have, um, my symptoms get worse while I'm off my medication. Yeah, absolutely. And Father, I just pray for Sarah and her husband as they're desiring to have a family. Lord, you're the one that um, is the creator of life. And Lord, I pray that um, that as she has uh, MS and as she's uh, dealing with medication that she needs to be off of for the safety of the baby while she, uh, they're trying to get pregnant. Lord, I just pray that you would bring strength to her, to Sarah, that you bring healing, that you bring Um, comfort to her that it wouldn't be a problem. Lord, that they would see you working. And and Lord, um, I just pray that as they desire to have a family, that you would just guide them and direct them and bless them in every way. Uh, Lord, I just uh, thank you that Sarah's putting her trust in you and her husband. And Lord, for this, what you have for their family. And so, Lord, I just lift them up to you. I just pray that you would just, um, that everything would uh, just be a testimony of your goodness and you working in their lives and for Sarah physically and emotionally and spiritually uh, as they're seeking to grow their family right now. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You are welcome, Sarah, and we'll be praying for you, all right? Thank you. Have a good day. You too, absolutely. You know, God cares about every area of our lives and, and He wants you to... to to call in for prayer, and um, it's wonderful that we can gather together as we're praying, and uh, even if you're in traffic in the metro area, or you're out on the rural roads of Weld County and, and, and or in southern Wyoming, uh, we can join together and we can pray, and, and uh, it's a powerful, powerful thing, and people from all over the country are able to uh, join in as well. So give me a call. The call-in number, as I just gave to you, is 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand, and the text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. And I know that sometimes we don't always answer the text questions, uh, but we will go to it while we have time and while we're waiting for another caller to come in. Actually, I am going to go to the text line, and people are texting in questions. One of them is that came in: Are dinosaurs mentioned in the Bible? And that's a very good question uh, because that's always a uh, kind of a topic of discussion uh, with people. Were there dinosaurs? Were they on the ark? Or whatever the case may be. And I think that as uh, we look at Scripture, the Scripture does talk about some interesting creatures that are mentioned. Uh, I believe that it's in the book of, of Job that we have uh, where it mentions 
uh, a creature that has a large tail. And uh, we can look at that and we can see that. I believe it's Job chapter 40. Behold, Baramoth, which I made as I made you, he eats grass like an ox. And, and some have said, well, maybe it's an elephant or a hippopotamus. But it's interesting that in Job chapter 40, verse 17, it tells us that his tail was like a cedar. Now, if you've seen pictures of a hippopotamus, they have a small tail, don't they? Uh, it's not much of a tail at all. The elephant has a small tail as too. So it, chances are, and I love the Bible because the Bible is very specific. When it says that, that his tail was stiff like a cedar, that means he had a cedar tree uh, is this symbol, the, the analogy. He had a big tail, and, and the Bible is true. So um, it's probably more like a dinosaur, an ancient creature that was a baramoth, uh, brontosaurus, or similar plant-eating dinosaur, is what we can conclude as we read the Bible. Um, and then also in Job chapter 41, it talks about the Leviathan with a fish, fish hook or pressed down his tongue with a cord. Many believe that the Leviathan might be a marine dinosaur, kind of like a, a sea creature or something, um, at least uh, a very large crocodile that we don't see around today. I think personally because it is mentioned that it's some kind of sea creature or whatever, so uh, far too large to capture with a fish hook. So a giant sea creature. So I think the Bible does talk about dinosaurs. I believe that the dinosaurs, we know that they existed because of the fossil record, and they existed before the flood, and then after the flood, as the firmament would collapse, and and the you know atmosphere is different. We have seasons now that they would end up becoming extinct. But before uh, the flood, there were dinosaurs all over the earth. It would have been very interesting to see these creatures that the Bible talks about. Hey, give me a call. We got all open lines that I see here at 303-690-3000. Love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and uh, and pray with you if you have a prayer request. I know that some of you listening out there, that you need prayer. And I want to be able to just uh, be able to encourage you and pray with you. We have the opportunity as Christians to go to the throne of grace in time of need. And yesterday on the show, uh, we uh, ended with the show, and we had to kind of end quick with a call from Washington asking about the tabernacle and who could go into the Holy of Holies. And as we were looking at what the Old Testament says, that only the high priest was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement for a short time. And that's where the tangible presence of God was. And uh, he would go in. Uh, Aaron was the high priest and the other high priest that followed after him. And they would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat that was on top of the Ark of the Covenant to make atonement for the nation. And he was only to go in there on that day for a short time. No one else was allowed to go uh, behind that veil. And of course, as we discussed, that Jesus, when he died on the cross, Matthew's narrative tells us that the curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place, where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the, the tangible presence of God was, um, that uh, that uh, it rent in half and and came down. And, and the Lord was saying that now you can come into my presence, as Hebrew declares, um, that we can now come boldly with confidence, not our own confidence, but in the confidence of the blood of Jesus Christ into the Holy of Holies, into his presence. So um, we have 
are, you know, such a wonderful opportunity um, and um, to be able to come into his presence, um, into the Holy of Holies. So give me a call. Let's, let's talk about the things of the Lord. we got open lines, and I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and want to welcome everyone who's listening in today. So you, maybe you've been wanting to ask a question. Now's the time for you to be able to call in and ask that question. Just go back to the text. The text number is 720-336-0897. The call-in number is 303-690-3000. What I can see is we have all open lines. But there's somebody that um, is asking a question, and I'm going to read it generally, that my question is if really uh, that we should come to God um, that the none should perish, then why would God create Adam and Eve knowing that they would eat uh, the fruit and bring humans under his judgment? And I think uh, I understand what is being said because the question gets asked oftentimes is, you know, God loves us. He desires to save us. Um, then, then why did he um, create the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil and tell Adam not to eat of it, knowing that he would fail? and that it would bring sin, sin and death. And um, that, that's something that we can struggle with. That's something that we ask. Um, every time I pull weeds in the summertime, I think, Adam, what did you do? You, you just blew it. But the thing is, I think um, as we consider it, that as we make a choice for the Lord, love demands a choice. And God's not going to force his um, love or his provision or salvation on us that is a choice that we make, and um, and love demands a choice. Just like as I asked my wife uh, to to marry me, I didn't force her to marry me. She freely and willingly came, and um, we've been married this year for thirty years, and uh, what a tremendous blessing. But I think that he he did that, um, you know, because it does demand a choice. And of course, Adam failed, and because of Adam's sin, he he. Uh, represents the human race, uh, it's, its headship, and sin and death has now come into the world. So, uh, Joe, hopefully that helps you out. And uh, just, um, you know, I know that there's uh, all the debate about God chooses us. Yes, he chose us, but he also, uh, there is human responsibility as well. And he will not force his way into anyone's life um, that we do have a choice and um, and that's the invitation, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord. And that's all of us, whosoever. So, hey, give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Boulder, where Dave's on line one. Hi, Dave. Blessings. How you doing? Good. How are you today? Blessed by the best and praying for the rest. <laughs> what do you got for me today? You know, in Revelations 2 and 3, it talks about the seven churches, How and it talks about the angels that deal with those churches. Uh, what is that denominations, or what is that? What it is, is um, the book of Revelation, to understand it, there's a divine outline that is given in chapter 1, verse 19. And John's on the island of Patmos, um, and he hears the voice of many waters, and he turns to see the resurrected Lord. And he's standing in the midst of seven lampstands. And, um, 
And in chapter 1, he defines it as the seven churches, which are in Asia, Ephesus, Myrta, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And then, as he gives the divine outline, write, John, the things that you have seen. That's chapter 1, the resurrected Lord standing in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Write the things that are, that is, the church age. That's chapters 2 and 3, these seven letters to the seven churches. They were literal churches in proconsular Asia at that time. And so Jesus turns to each one of those lampstands, those churches, and he writes a letter to them. And in that, you see there's a number of application that is there for us. Number one is, he says, to the angel of the church at Ephesus, and that word in the Greek means angelos, or messenger, literally. So it's probably, you know, to the pastor, um, to the to the messenger, to the pastor of the church at Ephesus. Some have said that perhaps that God has angels over churches, Um uh, you know, that may be another interpretation. I like to think it, that if there is an angel over uh, Calvary Chapel Greeley, he's been a good angel. He's, you know, but the Lord has taken good care of us. So to the angel of the church of Ephesus, and then he commends them on the things that they're doing well. He brings correction on the things that they need correction in. And then he uh, gives an eternal promise to them as well for those who overcome. And an overcomer is he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So these letters are very, very powerful in the book of Revelation because it describes seven literal churches with these characteristics, but then it tells us what pleases God when it comes to a church, and also we can apply it to us as a Christian individually. And and then also we learn what um, in those areas that needed to be corrected. And so we need correction, and Paul would write to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that all Scripture is uh, is inspired by God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The Bible uh, tells us how to live for Him and uh, how to please Him, and the Bible also brings correction to us when we're not. So these seven letters are very powerful, the seven literal churches in proconsular Asia, uh, they can represent seven different kinds of churches uh, as you make application. Uh, some churches may be more like a Ephesus, you know, that they're working. And, and he says, you know, you're solid, you, you, you stand for truth, but I have this against you. You've left your first love. There may be a church that's more like the Church of Smyrna that's a persecuted church. Um, and, and so you can make some powerful application uh, for us today as different kinds of churches, and then also different kinds of Christians that are today. But it, it is wonderful to go through these these seven letters. When we went through it, we took uh, each church each week, seven weeks to go through it, and we gained much from it. So does that help, Dave? Yeah, that was a real blessing. Now, you're in Greeley, right? Yes, sir, I am. Well, I have a friend in Birch Assisted Living. I don't know if you do nursing home visits or not, but that would be something that would be a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. And matter of fact, it is probably about half a block away from the church where he's at. Oh, it's a, it's a female. If you want to go visit her, I could give you her name. Well, why don't you give me an email? We can have somebody uh, or one of the ladies 
And um, my email is pastorjeff at ccgreeley.com. All right? And you can All check right. it out. I've got my email on calvarychapelgreeley.org. So feel free to email me. Calvarychapelgreeley.org. All right. Thank you, Dave. God bless God you. Bless Appreciate you. you calling in. All right. Have a great evening. All right. 303-690-3000. Very good question. Those, those letters to the seven churches are powerful. And uh, we can make application today and um, love going through and learn so much from them every time I read it. Never can exhaust it. And uh, it's one of my favorite parts in the book of Revelation. Um, we got, a, uh, I think, an open line when somebody hangs up. There's an open line, but let's go to Denver where Rudy is on line two. Hi, Rudy. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you today? Good, thank you. Um, I just want to ask for prayer. I've been praying my way through, uh, looking for a second job. I've got to the interview. I have to interview Thursday. I'm just asking a little bit of a prayer for that that goes through to, you know, keeping a positive uh, way of providing for my family. I've been known to, uh, you know, do illegal activities to make my money. And I've, since I've gotten baptized and saved, I, I've you know, it's to turn away from all that. I don't even want to think about yeah, that amen. or mention it, but uh, I'm very happy I've gone through this step through prayer. I have an interview on Thursday. Yeah. And I just Let's want to ask prayer. Also, if Perhaps. I may throw in, if we could pray for the, the violence that's going on out here in Colorado, Denver. I mean, it's like every time I wake up for news in the morning time, it's just another officer involved shooting, another teen shot, teen suicide. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it breaks our hearts. It is bad. Yeah, it breaks our hearts when we read all that. And it affects all of us, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Okay, it let's does. pray. Thank you. Yeah. Father, I pray for my brother who has given his life to you. And the wonderful thing about us is we come to you and um, we're forgiven. Uh, we can put the past under the blood of Jesus, and he's done that. And, Lord, I pray that you would provide for him. And, um, Lord, he, he wants to work. You say in the Scriptures that work is good. And so I pray for this interview on Thursday that you would just um, help him, uh, give him the words to speak. I pray that those that are interviewing him, that you would stir their hearts, uh, that you would lead him to this uh, job or um, to just the right job where he can provide for himself, for his family. Uh, and, Lord, I just pray that you would uh, help him, that you would guide him, Lord, that he would um, just be the, the man of God that you want him to be as he's given his life to you. He's made that public declaration that um, he belongs to you. He identifies with Christ, not the past, but now moving forward in the future. And, Lord, as he uh, prays and we all pray, uh, we pray that uh, as we see those things on the news, um, the violence, the death, young people committing suicide, it concerns us. And, Lord, we just pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Uh, I pray for the churches uh, in the metro area all along the front range in our nation. We pray for a great awakening because we know that's the hope for our nation, for our communities. And, Lord, that um, people would come to salvation, that people would understand you love them and, and that you sent your Son to die for them, that you are their hope. There is no other hope. Um, Jesus is our hope. So, Lord, I just pray for, um, I pray for a great awakening. I pray for that in, in Colorado, in Denver, in our communities, here in Greeley, 
and that churches would be committed to the gospel and to the word of God, and that we as Christians would be a light in this time where it's perilous times. So we just commit all this to you. I pray for my brother again. Bless him in this interview on Thursday. Prepare his heart and his mind and um, and show yourself strong. Provide for him in every way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you. We'll God see. Have a good one. All right. All right. 303-690-3000. God cares about every area of our lives. And that's when we have a job interview or whether um, you got classes in school. He cares about us and he desires for us to come to him. And um, he, he wants to uh, work and show himself, um, you know, in such a wonderful way in our lives to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. But let's go to Dan in Aurora. Hey, Dan. Hey. <laughs> How are How we? How are you? I'm well, good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just, uh, I've never heard uh, anything about the gap theory. And uh, I'm like uh, the man that answered the phone, uh, he said I must have missed it. And obviously I did. I just heard about it a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So where's it at? Is it, is it well, I think, I think where they put the gap theory is in, and I get a little bit of feedback from you, Dan. So if you got your radio on, no. just go ahead and turn it down. No, it's okay. off. It's off. All right. Then it's on our end, and we'll fix that. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the gap theory is um, between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. So what they believe is there was some believe in the gap theory that there was a long period of time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then there was a long period of time. And then the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So as we read Genesis chapter 1, I believe in the six days of creation um, because he says that the evening and the morning were the first day. Uh, that word day, whenever it's attached to morning, whenever it's attached to um, evening, whenever it's uh, attached to day or night, it speaks of 24-hour period, always in the Old Testament. The word day can mean a long period of time, like um, the day of the Lord. Or, um, But whenever it's connected to morning or evening or day and night, it's always 24 hours. So some have theorized that between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2, that some form of evolution was taking place, um, you know, processes of evolution were taking place, and that's what's called the gap theory. Um, and then God started creating um, after that long period of millions of years that took place. I personally don't buy into that. I, I don't believe that. I just um, I think that's inserting into the text the gap theory. Um, the problem with evolution is this, Dan, that if we believe that that things were created, created, and and then they died, remember that the Lord said to Adam, if you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. Adam didn't know what that meant. He'd never seen death. And as we know, the gospel says, as Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, that sin and death came into the world after Adam's sin. It didn't come before. And so evolution, there was death and processes, things died and then evolved it doesn't fit the gospel message. God created. He created everything after its kind, um, and 
um, the world began to populate, um, and uh, he looked at it and said it is good. So that's the gap theory. <laughs> In simplicity. Yeah, totally different than what this uh, one of these Christian stations, uh, and they, they preach the word, you know, real good, and they don't deviate from it except for this, this one day, two hours on live. They're on live, for, and they take calls, and I'm just listening to them, and I whip open my Bible, and they're going from one, and I just said, man, this doesn't make any sense. I, Answers in Genesis, Dan. Go to that resource, okay, and, and, and you'll get some good answers. Hey, we got a break. It's the only break that we have. And uh, so we'll be right back. Keep the calls coming. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Biggs. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. This is Pastor Jeff Biggs of Calvary Greeley, and so glad to be with you once again on this beautiful Colorado day. I want to welcome all of you that have tuned in to the show. We had a busy first half. We're going to continue with the phone calls in just a minute. wanted to invite also you on the East Coast and Hope and Truth FM. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. Love to hear from you guys out east. And those of you listening online, uh, we get calls from all over the country. Welcome, welcome. So blessed to be with you. Hope you're having a blessed day. We want to, to uh, be a blessing to you as you call in with questions or as you call in with prayer requests. So love to be able to do that. Um, also, the text line, and for you to be able to text in a question or a prayer request, is 720-336-0897. And so send me a text. So we got time towards the end of the show. We'll go to the text questions. We've already answered a couple of them to kind of keep things moving and, and keep answering questions because this hour goes by quickly and uh, just love to be able to get to as many people as we can. Hey, I want to let you know very quickly that tomorrow night here at Calvary Greeley, if you're in northern Colorado, uh, we will be doing our study in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is called, of course, the Weeping Prophet, and he is speaking to a nation that is in rebellion against God, and God is calling them back. And uh, and, and uh, so we're going to look at that. And there's so much for us there. It's so rich. So I'd love to have you come out, 7 o'clock at Calvary Greeley. We're easy to find. We're just uh, on 27th Street, just west of the Texas Roadhouse. Those of you in Greeley, everybody knows where Texas Roadhouse is. But we, we're going to have a time of worship. we got a place for uh, all the kids and for youth as well. And so come out and join us for Wednesday night Bible study. It's so great for us. Wednesday nights are a wonderful, wonderful time, a big part of our weekly services and uh, we're going through the book of Jeremiah chapter by chapter and verse by verse. So uh, come out and see us. And then on Sunday morning, we're in Second Timothy. Second uh, Timothy has been in a very rich study uh, as we are in chapter 4. These are the last words of Paul the Apostle to his son in the faith, Timothy. And he's given them one last charge before he is under the axe as the axemen will take a swing, and Paul's ministry in life comes to an end. And he says to Timothy that my departure's at hand, Timothy, for I have kept the faith, I have run my race, 
and I have fought the good fight. So there's it's so rich there. So come join us. We've got three Sunday morning services at 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. Hey, for more information and directions, uh, you can check us out at our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org, calvarychapelgreeley.org. Hey, we got a an uh, open line, so give me a call at 303-690-3000. The text line, 720-336-0897. Let's go to, I believe, Pat in Greeley. Hi, Pat. Hey, Pastor Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing fine. Let me uh, shut my radio. Yeah, that would help. Thank you. Doing fine. Let me uh, show my radio. Hi, Pastor. Hi, Pat. I'm here. Okay. Um, I've been ministering um, on and off to my brother, and um, he's a believer, but some concerns are are being raised, and here's why. He's picking and choosing what to believe in the Bible, and and I know that's a a big no-no. Uh, he has. You were just talking about the gap theory and stuff like that. He infuses a lot of his own thoughts into the creation. Uh, he doesn't believe in Noah's Ark. He thinks it's just a story to make a point. Uh, he doesn't believe in Jonah. He thinks that might have been a dream. And what it's causing him to do, because he's drawing different things from what he believes, is he's starting to stumble. Yeah. And I'm trying to make him understand this is from Genesis to Revelation. This is God's word. And right. and it's not up for interpretation like that. Any suggestions? Right. It, yeah, absolutely. Matter of fact, you might listen to the last two teachings that I've done on Sunday morning because we are in Second Timothy chapter 3. And Paul says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And all means all, from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. And that word, the inspiration, literally means God breathed. And the Scriptures is um, its origin and sources from an almighty, powerful God. And it is God breathed, the Word of God, written to the page. And all of it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So all of it is true. And you have the three ends, Pat. You have the inspiration of God's Word. You have the infallibility of God's Word. And you have the inerrancy of God's Word. Infallibility means that it's unfailing. It will not fail you. Inerrancy means that it is perfect. It is trustworthy. So if and it, all three are linked together. Because if the Bible is not inspired, it will not be infallible, it will not be inerrant. But since it comes from an almighty God, um, and its origins is divine, it is God-breathed to the page, it is trustworthy, it will not fail, it is infallible, and also it is correct, it is perfect, it's impeccable, because it comes from a perfect God. And and so we can trust the Word of God. And that's one of the things to really try to to press to him. And here's the thing. You can get him to think a little bit, because what he is thinking is not unusual in Christians today. Christians, um, or those who, you know, claim to be Christians, will say, well, I'll believe this part of the Bible, but I don't believe that part. 
listen, all means all. You can't pick and choose what you believe. It's all inspired by God. And he can say, okay, well, I don't believe in the Garden of Eden. I don't believe in Adam and Eve. Well, Jesus did. Jesus did because we discussed it on Sunday that in Genesis chapter 2, when God brought Eve out of the side of Adam and, and she was created, he brought them together, and a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's Genesis chapter 2. Well, 4,000 years later, here come the religious leaders, and they come to Jesus in Matthew chapter 19, and you can show them. They said, hey, is it permissible to give you know a certificate of divorce, uh, to yeah. divorce your wife? And what did Jesus answer? He said, have you not read in the beginning that God um, created Adam and Eve, that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? And then Jesus said, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So Jesus believed in Adam and Eve. He believed in that first marriage between a man and a woman. Um, He can say, I don't believe in Jonah, that he was swallowed by a large fish. Is that what you said he didn't believe in? Yeah, and you know, when I when I when he said that, I said, How how much less incredible is that than Christ being raised from the dead? And I said, Do you believe well, that Christ is raised from the dead? And do you believe he was resurrected? And he says, Yeah. So I said, So how much how is that different than if God chose to put someone in the belly of a beast and sustain his life for three days, how is that any more incredible? Yeah, and you're on the right track. And here's the thing. The religious leaders came to Jesus and said, show us a sign. And what did Jesus say? He said, here's the sign. Just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a large fish, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. You want a sign? Here's a sign, the sign of the resurrection. Jesus believed in Jonah, and he said, the sign of Jonah is, I will be in the tomb for three days, and I'm going to rise again, just as Jonah came forth from the fish. But if he can believe Genesis 1, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, you know, you got a a creator that created the universe and the world, then the miracles are not hard to believe in. He can create a large fish to swallow Jonah to sustain him for three days, like you said. So, you know, all these things, the flood— the flood didn't happen. Well, Jesus believed in the flood. He, he would make reference to it when it comes to the coming of the Son of Man. It will be like the days of Noah. They were marrying, given to marriage. Um, they were buying and selling, and then sudden destruction came upon them all. So if I have the choice between believing some kind of skeptic or scholar or Jesus, I believe Jesus because he did rise from the grave. He is the way, the truth, the life. He proved he's the Son of God. And all Scripture is inspired by God. And so it is for us. We can trust it. We can stand on it. We can believe in it. But we can't just pick and choose what we believe because what will happen is exactly what you said. There will be stumbling and confusion, and um, and the enemy will take it and blow the doors wide open on it. And I, and I love your suggestion, Pastor. I didn't even think about that. I'm going to pick those two pieces of Scripture where he talks about Jonah and he talks about Adam and Eve, and this is coming out of the words of uh, out of Christ's mouth. I mean, and that's the perfect thing to say to him. I think if Jesus believed in this, are you telling me now that that Jesus is yeah. in error? 
Yeah, that's yeah. a. I didn't even think about that. Uh, yeah, and here's yeah. and here's the thing, Pat. You might get on our website if you can, if you're able to get on it, calvarychapelgreeley.org, and listen to the last two Sundays. And I talk specifically about this. And I want people to have good reasons to believe that we can trust the Bible. And because culture and society is very antagonistic against the Word of God, and even the church is buying into, well, can we believe it? Um, and, And it's sad. It's unfortunate. The Bible that we hold in our hand is absolutely amazing. It is divine. It is beyond culture and is beyond time. It is eternal, and we can trust it as the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God. So hopefully that'll help you. I think that'll help great, Pastor. I want to really thank you for that. And uh, it's, it's just so dangerous to infuse our own thoughts into these things. And you kind of made yeah. that point when you were talking about the gap theory. You know, we're kind of reading into lines, and you just can't do that with the Bible. If the Bible is silent, we need to be silent. Yep, exactly it. And um, and I think that's so true. So, hey, Pat, appreciate your call. Thank you so much, Pastor. You have a blessed day. You too. God bless you. 303-690-3000. Liz, I wanted to talk to you. You are on line two, and you drop is what I hear, and I wish you would call back. You got a very good uh, question and, and prayer explaining signs of the times to friends. Um, and um, and so I'll try to explain a little bit, but if you can call back, I'll go right to you, and we'll have that conversation because that can be a difficult conversation to people is the signs of the times. And Jesus, of course, told us that there are going to be signs that that point to the return of Jesus Christ. We know that from the Olivet Discourse of Matthew 24, uh, Mark 13, um, and then also Luke chapter 21. And the disciples came and said, what are the you know signs of your coming? Um, and Jesus gave those signs. And uh, we can talk to them about it. But the signs, I think the thing to remember as you go through it, because it's interesting, today uh, it, it was reported right before I came on the air that there was an earthquake in um, just south of Cuba, 7.7. That's a strong earthquake. And we know that one of the signs that there'll be earthquakes and pestilence and famines in various places. There'll be wars, rumors of war. Jesus said that the end has not come, but these are signs, and the signs are likened to to birth pangs. He said, nation will rise against nation. I'm reading from Luke's narrative. Um, And there will be great earthquakes in various places, famines and pestilence. There will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. That's interesting. But before all these things, um, he goes on and he continues to talk about it, that the the signs are like birth pangs. And of course, Paul writes about um, that the day of the Lord will be like labor pains. So when a woman goes into labor, of course, she has contractions. And as she gets closer to the birth of that child, those contractions become more intense and and less frequent. Uh, They happen in intensity and frequency until the child is born. And that's the birth pangs. We've always had earthquakes. We've always had wars. But it's all going to culminate in the tribulation period. And, And these things are telling us something as you know, it, I don't remember, and I'm kind of a news buff, of hearing of an earthquake in the Atlantic. We always hear about it along the 
rim of fire, they call it along the Pacific, but um, some are saying, could this trigger some earthquakes along the East Coast? Um, you know, because it was felt in Miami. So talking to them about the signs, and Jesus wants us to be discerning concerning the day in which we're living in. And he rebuked the religious leaders because they could discern the sky, the weather, but not the coming of the Son of Man. So Jesus wants us to be discerning in the days in which we are living in and and to the signs that are given to us. And one of the things that, matter of fact, is interesting, I read this to you, that he says that there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. One of the text questions that came in today is, um, what are the signs in heaven that Jesus is talking about, which is the sign? So I kind of get the answer to questions here. And part of those signs that it talks about, Liz, are you online too? Are you there? Here. Hi, Liz. Uh, hi. <laughs> I was ta- I was Hello. talking. I was talking so fast and so into it that I didn't check my <laughs> my call screen. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> anyway, am I on track? Uh, or I'm going to let yeah. you specifically tell you know if I'm on track of just being able to talk to people. Yes, because like today with everything that happened today, President Trump announcing of a plan to bring peace in the Middle East and everybody yeah. that was there at the meeting and stuff, like right away it triggered like, oh my God, this is a sign. I'm yeah. already trained to do that because, you know, Jesus said, look for the sign. And so that's what I do is every time I see something, it triggers me. Yeah. So, I told, yeah. you know, I was, I was telling a girl at work, she's a believer, but she, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. She's a believer, but she doesn't really go to church. You know, she, she's like that. Yeah. Lovely yeah, person. Absolutely. Love her. She's like a sister yes. to me. And I told absolutely. her, I said, I really believe that we are in the last days. I believe right. that Trump is going to bring in, we are in the generation that, Trump's going to bring in the coming of Christ. I said, God, he's put it in there for a reason. God puts kings, God removes kings. He's in there for a reason. I said, it's not a coincidence when the Bible says that with a Trump, you know, Jesus is coming back. It's not a coincidence. Really? He didn't say Trump. He said Trump, number one. I said, number two, I said, Isaiah 45. There's a lot of things that coincide. And then she always mm-hmm. comes up with, well, you know, nobody knows the time. I said, yes. But he also said, look for the signs. So yeah. question, it, how do you explain those signs to people? Yeah. And here's the thing. We want to make sure that we keep everything in context of Scripture when it comes to the signs and everything. We don't know the day or the hour. We know that God sets those in authority, you know, for his purposes. And we also know that the Middle East is going to be a major factor in in watching, and particularly Israel. Israel is the epicenter of end-time prophecy um, because, um, you know, they're back in the land. Uh, we're in the last days. There is going to be peace that's going to come, but the one who's going to bring that peace, when I read my Bible, is one who's called the Antichrist. And according to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, he's going to make a covenant with Israel for seven years. That's where he's going to bring a peace plan. He's going to come on as a man of peace, according to Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, because he's the one riding on a white horse. 
he he has a, a a bow, but not an arrow. So that speaks of peaceful purposes. He's conquering and the conquered. So the Antichrist is going to come on the scene seemingly as a peacemaker, but then halfway in the tribulation period, that last final year period before the second coming of Jesus Christ, that he will go into the temple in Jerusalem and he will proclaim himself as God to be worshipped as God in the temple of God, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. So Trump is being used, but Trump is not going to be the one that's going to bring peace there to the Middle East. Matter of fact, what we see is there's yet a war that's going to take place, and that is the war of Gog and Magog, Ezekiel 38. And there's great upheaval in the Middle East right now. Now, Trump's being used, I believe, by the Lord, but the peace won't come, and it will be actually a false peace when the Antichrist comes and makes a covenant or confirms a covenant, is what Daniel chapter 9 says, for one week, and then he will break that. And then uh, we know that uh, it will lead to the battle of Armageddon, and peace won't come to this world until the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, comes back. So we want to keep everything in context of what is going on, and we don't know the day or the hour. I believe that the rapture could take place at any time, that he's going to come for his church, but we don't know when that's going to happen. But as we look at the events around us, all of it is telling us something, that storm clouds are gathering, that things are coming together as the Bible says it is, and we're to be wise and discerning in the days in which we're living in. So, you know, just encourage your friend that we are to be the wise and faithful servant that's looking for the master's return and that we see these events taking place that that point to the soon return of Jesus Christ. And I pray and hope that he does come soon for his church, but to be watching and to be waiting and to be wise and occupied till he comes. Does that help, Liz? If you can pray for my friend, he just got out of jail and he's trying to find a job. And if you can just pray for him that God will open doors for him. He's drawing close to the Lord, you know, like I was telling him when he was in there, God does everything for a reason. He's calling you and you are called of God. I really believe God wants to use him and he's been stubborn. So he ended up in jail. Okay. Father. Yeah, we'll pray. Absolutely. Liz, thank you for calling and good question. And absolutely want to pray for him. And father, we pray for Liz's friend. We just pray that, um, who just got out of jail, uh, Lord, that he would be able to get the job that he needs. Lord, that um, everything he would put under the blood of Jesus in the past and move forward and what you want to do in his life, that you would just mold him and shape him, that he would be humbled before you, look to you to provide, and Lord, to get the job that he needs. And I just pray that you would uh, be with Liz, help her to encourage him, have wise words and encouraging word and truth to give to him. We just lift him up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Thank Liz, thanks for calling that. back. Appreciate it. Okay, Pastor Jeff. Thank you so much. You God bet. Bless you. Uh-huh. All right. Lots of things taking place. Uh, we are going to go to Parker. Is it uh, Valida? Did I say <laughs> that right? Did, did no, I, was I completely wrong? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's <laughs> I apologize. That's okay. Everyone has trouble with it. It's Valeria. Valeria. Okay. Valeria. Yes. Valeria. Okay. Thank you (laughs) for calling. Yes, very good. And thank you for being patient with me. (laughs) 
No problem. <laughs> Absolutely. No problem. <laughs> yeah, um, I just, I actually just had a, a question about prayer. Um, okay. A lot of people, um, I've heard a lot of um, people, a lot of pastors actually preach that prayer is actually just for yourself, and uh, it's for your, it, it's to improve your walk with God. And um, I, I guess my question is, why pray? Is it, um, I know it has multiple um, positive effects or like you know it 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 encourages your relationship with god um your walk with the lord you know and also um when you ask for something um sometimes god doesn't do it you know god doesn't do everything you ask him for um and also like when you pray for someone to be healed sometimes it's god's will sometimes it's not um so I guess what what I'm really asking is, hmm, what is prayer for in in general? (laughs) Well, we know that God wants us to pray, and I think the simplest definition of prayer is communicating with God. You know, that's the wonderful thing that we have, is we have a personal relationship with the true and living God. And Jesus Mm -hmm. said, ask, please ask that your joy may be full. And Jesus talked a lot about prayer. I do find it interesting that when the disciples came to him, They said, teach us to pray. They did not say, teach us to work miracles. They didn't say, teach us to, you know, preach a powerful sermon. They said, teach us to pray. And Mm -hmm. so prayer is very much an important part of the Christian and and also the church. Because in the early church, Acts 2.42, that they continue steadfastly in the word of God and breaking bread and fellowship. And the fourth thing was what? Was prayer. So prayer is an important part of the Christian life and is communicating with God, but he wants us to come and we can ask. We can give him our prayers and our supplications, our requests. He wants to hear from us. And as a father that has raised four kids, I want my kids to come to me when they have needs, you know, to share what's on their hearts, to ask. And I think that you... um, are very wise when you've come to realize that as we come to our Heavenly Father, uh, sometimes He says yes. And it's wonderful when He says yes. But sometimes He says no. And I've come to realize over the years that no is a wonderful answer. There have been things that I have prayed for. I look back and I think, thank you, Lord, that you didn't just give it to me. And Mm -hmm. going to the Lord, I think the, the prayer of Uh, maturity is uh, what Jesus prayed in the garden, not my will, but your will be done. He loves us so much. He knows our needs. He knows our wants. And I know for me, sometimes when I pray and I come back and I keep praying and I keep praying, he helps me sort things out. It's kind of like, I don't know if this is the greatest example, but when my kids were small, came Thanksgiving, you know, they have a list. What do you want for Christmas? You know, the list is half a dozen things or something. But by the time Christmas comes, they begin to really sort things out, what is important, what's a priority, because they're not going to get everything that they want. And I think that as I pray through things, the Lord really begins to minister to me. He wants to hear from me, and he helps me sort things out of what is important, and, and, and he shows me things. 
the other answer that he gives is to wait. Mm -hmm. And, you know, wait is an answer because he's working. He's working in different ways with different people. He's growing us. He's teaching us to trust in him. But prayer is, is powerful. It's the vehicle in which God works. And prayer is not just for us, you know, in that we just, you know, have a list of things that we give to him, but we can intercede on behalf of people. We can pray for our communities. We can we can pray for those around us, and, and prayer is so powerful. I, I really, really am trying to stress to our congregation that we need to be praying this year for our nation. We need to be praying for our community. I love it when people are praying. We come together and pray for healing and for people's needs and stuff. So it's not just for us, um, like, you know, um, that we just got a list of, because, you know, what's popular in some circles of Christianity is demanding and naming it and claiming it and and all of this. God's not a yeah. celestial clan of Santa Claus up in heaven. And right. he wants what's best for us. And he wants to provide our needs. He wants to give us the very best. So that's what we pray for. And so, hey, I'm sorry we're out of time. I didn't even know we were out of time. That's okay. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you, everybody, for calling in today. We had a great day, and um, looking forward to talking to you next time. But in the meantime, have a wonderful evening. Thanks for tuning in to Calvary Live. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.